welcome to episode nine of the Becoming Army podcast. My name is Lisa, or Sofreche. As always, I'm joined by my good friend Annalise. Hey, Ann, how how you doing this week? Um, that's a loaded question. <laughs> we just spent seven minutes talking about <laughs> how we're all doing, and you saw my big old post in Discord, and wow, I am I having a hard time? Uh, but. I said let's record today, so let's fucking record today. Um, I I even gave you a chance to back out, and you're like, no, no, I no, talk about no. BTS. I've already, I've I went and researched some stuff for one of the things that Sarah wants to talk about. Oops, I spoiled the cat of the bag. <laughs> ah, surprise guest, not so surprised. Also joining joining us for this episode and for as many future episodes as we can possibly wrangle her into. It's Yay. Sarah. Hey. AKA Magnetic Mochi on Twitter. Welcome back, Sarah. Hello, hello. So happy to have you here. Yeah, happy to be back. I so this means this I can leave the show, right? I'm done? <laughs> I mean, in, at some points, it might just get to be her and me doing doing the army thing back and forth with each other endlessly, and you might just have to sit in the background, She's so it might out. feel like, like you're not there, but... <laughs> you know what? I'm here for it. Like, whenever she needs a break, we'll just <laughs> go off. Absolutely. I need lots of breaks. <laughs> How have so. you been this, this... Oh, I was just going to ask Sarah how her week was. Um, Very boring. Very boring. Aww. Basically just making enough money to try to survive and pay rent and buy food. Like almost everyone else. Same. Yeah. That pesky. Look, you've, made the, you've made the classic <laughs> mistake. You have you failed to learn from the slogan, "Be gay, do crimes." <sighs> yeah, I messed up. Do you, do you profit when you do crimes? Uh, there's You're no good. reason to do crimes, but but, <laughs> but profit. Of course, we are not actually advocating any kind of criminal activity, nor have any of us done or are admitting to any criminal activity. This is on the advice of our fairy dragon lawyers, who have told us to shut our <laughs> fucking mouths, or they will eat us. Even though many places in this country are trying to make illegal many things about us that's a story for another podcast <laughs> oh yeah we're not talking about that shit but anyway um, i don't want to get mad Urf. i <laughs> that's my secret i'm i'm always mad <laughs> anyway um so last episode and we talked i gave you kind of my rundown of my top most favorite group songs um, and it, we were kind of rushed because I had the uh, busy, important things to do because I'm such a cool person. So we <laughs> actually came out of that <laughs> out of that episode feeling like I had missed out on bringing up a couple points that I wanted to. And actually, Sarah talked to me when she listened to the episode. I texted you like so in desperation, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, this thing, this thing, this thing. I'm like, oh my god, I feel horrible that I didn't talk about this thing. So we decided that we should have Sarah on to educate us on all of the things that I missed talking about from last episode. Not that I'm an expert, because I'm not. I just had a lot of things that I really wanted to say and I couldn't. Listen, since when has not being an expert in something stopped anyone from t talking a lot about it? That's, that's very true. <laughs> Painfully true. Uh, my secret is I'm always an expert. Yeah, and the exception. Don't don't 
feed into her like that. <laughs> Look, you spend 22 years fucking teaching English classes. You have to become an expert in everything because you never know what dumb shit students want to fucking write about, okay? <laughs> I, I, I believe you. So anyway, what was the main song that inspired you to text me, Sarah? Oh, well, I mean, I was enjoying, and I do still enjoy the episode. It was fun to listen to. Um, I I thought that your guys' perspective on Spring Day was interesting. Um, I hadn't really thought about, like, the coming-of-age aspect and the, you know, um, school year change and the seasons and stuff in that respect. So that that was kind of a fun little layer to add on to the many interpretations of it. But, uh, yeah, Spring Day, the Queen. She is called the Queen by ARMY for a reason, um, because she is a masterpiece. And there's just a lot of important things about it that we, that you guys didn't quite get to last episode. So, I don't know, I just really wanted to chime in. Oh, you're, you're, you're being, you're being charitable. (laughs) There's a lot of fucking shit we didn't fucking know about Spring Day. Let's be honest. Pretty, pretty literally. Like I knew a lot of the general themes. Like I had heard of some of the things you're going to bring up, but not the specific references in the video mm-hmm. that make it extremely devastating mm-hmm. to ever watch that video ever again. Right. Yeah, I'm just done with this. <laughs> uh, okay, I quit the show. She's gone. Oh. There she went. We we broke no, into, Anne's, into Anne's cold punk heart and made her feel. Oh, there's n- there's no cold punk heart. Punks are very hot blooded. Okay. That's so why you... we're angry all the time, you punk. It, it's true. It's true. What what were some of the big things we missed, sir? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, well, you guys both watched the the video. That I oh yeah. So I mean, some of this is going to be reiterating uh, things that were in that video. Um, Specifically, I liked that one because it kind of referenced a lot of the imagery in the video. But um, just for anyone that doesn't really know about the event that inspired it, um, the MV and the song, um, I guess I could really quickly try to give um, a brief summary of what it's all about, um, at least according to just about every army out there. Um, but, uh, let's see, where to start? So, so I knew it was kind of generally, uh, talking about the seawall fairy tragedy, right? Yes, yes, which was, uh, an event, a very tragic event that happened, um, actually, uh, strangely... On this very day, this very spring day in April of uh, 2014, uh, Mm -hmm. wherein there was a very irresponsibly overloaded ferry uh, boat that was heading out to Jeju Island, and there are varying reports, but uh, some people say that uh, the person at the helm turned too quickly, and the boat... Uh, the ferry started to tip over and eventually sank. And there was uh, quite a bit of ineptitude all around that cost the lives of hundreds of people, uh, most of whom, tragically, were high school students on a school field trip. 
and it absolutely devastated the nation and made them lose faith in the government and the government agencies that could have saved those lives had they actually been doing their jobs. Um, did you guys have any thoughts about it? Or should I... I don't want to talk too much all at once. <laughs> no, no, well, go I, ahead. Yeah, feel free to talk as much as you want. I, I definitely had knew that it was a reference to this, like the gym and picking up the shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there like was... That whole part. There was sure. specifically a, um, a civilian scuba diver's camera that became famous as he was going through a capsized vessel um, looking for the bodies of um, any of the missing when it kind of swept across a picture of a bunch of shoes that were lined up along the wall. And I'm very convinced that Jimin holding the tennis shoes next to the water was a reference to that. Um, But anyway, basically um, I'm trying to remember. Let's see. There were 476 passengers total, 325 of whom were children, I believe. Um, Technically, it sank on the 16th, but since today is the 15th, that means it's the 16th right now in South Korea. So, yeah, actually, today is the anniversary, weirdly enough. So how does this tie in to the general themes of the video, do you think? Well, um... As I said before, a lot of a lot of families were broken by this tragedy. Um, a lot of people lost faith in the government, and it's always, in my mind, and part of BTS's mo to, especially since debut, to to speak up for the youth and for people that they feel are oppressed. And they've never really shied away from, you know, being a kind of anti-establishment, which is something I don't know that Anne has seen any of yet, um, because I don't think you guys have really gone into the history, their history as a group, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, def- so. I definitely have well, it in the, the back name, of my mind. <laughs> the name stands for Becoming Total Socialists, right? Sure. Um, I don't know how to respond to that. I'm not sure what you mean. <laughs> BTS, Becoming Total Socialists. Yeah, no. Definitely not. <laughs> this is when we pat sure? Anne yep. An on the head. Yep, yep pretty sure. <laughs> You're sure? Because I, I, I was listening to some talk radio, and they're talking about how all Don't these... listen to talk radio. Oh, well, I, yeah. That's, joke, that's, that's joke, where you so. went worse. <laughs> it was a joke, so. Okay. I know. I'm pretty I literal, so I don't think it's possible for you either. <laughs> okay. like, but anyway. One of the biggest... Sorry, go ahead. Okay. If you have something to say, go ahead. I... I have somewhere I could go to, but I can okay. bring it up later. <laughs> um, well, something that I found interesting, if, you know, if, if it's any indication to how much this song means to the South Korean general public, um, it's the longest charting song on Melon's Weekly 100 chart in history to date. Um, mm-hmm. It has never left the chart since the day it came out. Um, and, that, wow. and it's kind of like their version of our Hot 100. Um, yeah. And so it's a total scam. <laughs> <laughs> well, except, yeah, I don't know how they run their chart and if they manipulate it the same way that, you know, ours gets manipulated, but. I didn't mean that as a diss on, on the melon charts. I meant it as a diss on the billboard. Charts. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, Any, the members anyway. of BTS have always been very empathic and socially conscious. Um, as a group, they've never they have a history of taking risks, and this song was one of those risks because when this tragedy happened, um, the government at the time was very corrupt. I mean, government's always kind of corrupt, but the administration and the people in charge were very they were more concerned with saving face than actually saving lives. And even though the members were very careful not to deliberately say, yes, this was a tribute to the Seoul ferry disaster, they did say, I believe it was Jin in an interview when asked directly, he said, yes, it is based on a specific event, but it's also an MV about longing, a song about longing. So you can, you can apply it to your own life as well. Um, even though, even if you're not, one of those people who were directly affected. Um, so it's really important, I think, to a lot of yeah. armies. Yeah, it's definitely nothing new for them to speak up for the youth in South Korea. Yep. <laughs> Which uh, have a lot of pressure on them, to say the least, and get used by a lot of people, to say the least. And Yeah, the, theme, the themes were definitely... Um, you know, government corruption. Um, it it dealt the the themes in the MV. They dealt with grief, and you know, dealing yeah. with that and hope. Most importantly, I that was the biggest takeaway. For yeah, one of the most embarrassing things kind about major what, loss what, in their life. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you cut out for me, so I started talking. Oh. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Oh, you. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> um, one of the most embarrassing things about watching that was remembering the moment in la in the last episode where I'm like, yeah, that pile of laundry. I have no idea what that's about. That's weird, huh? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they talked a lot about the, the, the video kind of explaining the themes referenced. There was a piece of art that was somebody created that was a big pile of all the clothes of the people that passed that was meant to be like them rising to heaven yeah it wasn't specifically thing. about the the sewol fairy victims it was i think it was just its own mm. art installation about something else but i think that um knowing namjoon yeah it could definitely drew inspiration from that i mean i don't think there's any doubt in my mind he he's big into um modern art and korean artists yeah especially and... um in installation type art yeah so i'm sure he knew about that piece mm -hmm. and that that's why that's why he used it my my um, personal interpretation of the the guy's role in the mv was that they were the survivors um yeah. and you notice they were all dressed very childlike um, and they were all yeah. going through their own struggles. Um, the the uh, Tay on the train tracks that uh, Anne was so grumpy about <laughs> um, was very <laughs> much a show of survivor's guilt. There were actually people um, who committed suicide after um, one of the divers, I believe. I mean, he, he worked mm. tirelessly. A civilian diver, by the way, because the government gave up and didn't even bother looking for the bodies um so civilian divers took it upon themselves 
to keep pulling out the bodies of these children so they could go home. And one of the guys just couldn't, he couldn't handle it, and he ended up committing suicide. I think one of the teachers also who survived committed suicide because mm-hmm. almost his entire class had been wiped out, and he felt guilty that they were all gone, and he was still there. Um, so the whole thing yeah. is just very, very, very depressing. It, yep. it really is. The things I didn't notice so that I actually... I wanna, oh, sorry, wanna... go right ahead, in. So I wanted to stop in here as you're starting to bring up survivor's guilt because this is something that needs to be understood a little bit more. Um, and I think that the best way to do it is for me to just drop these two comics panels into the Discord for you both to see. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to do that, and you can take your time and open them up on your computers. What I'm dropping in is pages 41 and pages 42 from Mouse 2. Now, if you don't know Mouse, it's Art Spiegelman's graphic novel about the Holocaust. And I am 100% stealing what I'm about to do from Marty Schickman, who was a professor of English at Eastern Michigan University and the uh, head of Jewish studies at Eastern Michigan University. Um, And it's these panels where Art Spiegelman is drawing himself into his comic about the things that he is talking about. And this is, again, after the publishing of the first uh, volume of Mouse. Now, it's very relevant right now because uh, whenever you're talking about survivor's guilt one of the biggest instances of survivor's guilt that continues to pervade all aspects of culture is of course the holocaust now we're not comparing the sinking of the Sowell theory to the holocaust no one is doing that but the uh literature and narratives about survivor's guilt that have come out of the holocaust have helped us to better analyze things like native american literature and i think are helpful here and especially as we're talking about the people who actually survived this tragedy and what this, what the symbolism of this art is doing. So the first panel is, uh, and I'm going to drag. And I know this is Can great audio this? content. Can you see this, Lisa? I I can't. I yeah. So Was it? You can click on it. You can enlarge it. You can open up in a web browser. No, I just didn't. Um, I, I don't see anything posted. I'm still in the pink room. No, go down to the, the becoming <laughs> army. Uh, hot uh, host, oh. host chat, which you are a part of. Mm, I'm sorry. Oh, great I'm podcast content right here. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm yep, totally great. It's okay. <laughs> totally great. Anywho, so it starts with uh, Spiegelman sitting at his desk, and you see him wearing a mouse mask. If you don't know what mouse is about, I'm not going to explain the entire concept of the book. It's one of the most important books of the last 50 years. You should go fucking read it. Um, and you see him sitting at his, at his artist's desk drawing, smoking a cigarette, and he writes, Vladek died of congestive heart failure on August 18th, 1982. Francois and I stayed with him in the Catskills back in August of 1979. Vladek started writing, uh, working as a tin man in Auschwitz in the spring of 1944. I started working on this page at the very end of February 1987. In May of 1987, Francois and I are expecting a baby. Between May 16, 1944 and May 24, 1944, over 100,000 Hungarian Jews were gassed in Auschwitz. In September of 1986, after eight years of work, the first part of Mouse was published. It was a critical and commercial success. At least 15 foreign editions are coming out. I've gotten four serious offers to turn my book into a TV special or a movie. I don't want to. In May of 1986, my mother killed herself. She left no note. Lately, I've been feeling depressed. 
as Spiegelman draws this, he pulls his artist camera further and further back until you see his desk sitting on a pile of mouse corpses. I see it, yeah. All of his, that all of his art has been built off of the deaths of people, that his life shouldn't even exist because he is the child of Holocaust survivors. What right did his parents have to survive when the, when the non-existent children's parents, the children who would never be born, their parents died? Mm-hmm. And he just sinks into that depression. This page is the most perfect visual representation of survivor's guilt you will ever see. And I think that what you shared with us from the army who put together that entire description of all of that, of all the imagery and all the things, but the thing that hit me the hardest watching it was that entire discussion of survivor's guilt, because this is one of the things that has kind of been a focus in some of my own research. So when we look at survivor's guilt, it's important to understand that these are narratives that people want to push away because people don't actually want to deal with it, which is why the second page is so important. When you have the German reporter uh, saying to uh, Spiegelman, uh, your book is being translated into German, second page they, they put in there. Many younger Germans have had it up to here with Holocaust stories. These things happened before they were even born. Why should they feel guilty? Who am I to say? But a lot of corporations that flourish in Nazi Germany are richer than ever. I don't know. Maybe everyone has to feel guilty. Everyone. Forever. And when you talk about, when you talk about this song has never left the charts in Korea, mm-hmm. that's the point. Everyone has to feel guilty. Everyone. Forever. Not just the government, but the people who were complacent in letting the government not actually do its job. Mm-hmm. The ones who did not hold the government's feet to the fire. And that's the whole point of a lot of this. And then you bring into the Ursula K. Le Guin story that uh, is brought up in the video and is seen in the video, um, in the music video proper. Where the name of the, the book is The, the most, Ones Who Walk Away from, walk away from the Omelas. Oh, right? Well, I've actually got... Omelas. Omelas. I'm looking at at Le Guin's stated pronunciation from it. Now, this is is a classic Ursula K. Le Guin uh, story that I I saw when I I watched this, when I watched the video for last month. I saw Omelas and Mm. I looked at it and it did not register to me. And I've read this uh, at least 20 times in my life. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's that means something. And, And just completely glossed over me oh pretty korean voice okay um, it's all right it's all right i am an army and i missed most of this stuff that we're talking about yeah i was surprised well, i was like Anne doesn't know this but yeah of course you do no i knew it i just did not it's like right what? in it's the midst completely... of like having you watch 10 different things like yeah <laughs> and you know exhausted yeah fucking uh... exhausted and then I'm just going to blame you for this right now, Sarah. I didn't ever want to think about Snowpiercer again. I have purposely not watched that movie. Just the just 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 my knowing that movie fucking exists. You hate it that that much, huh? 
Oh, I hate apocalypse stories. <laughs> I hate oh, no. apocalypse stories. I ju- oh my god, get them away from me. Get the get the, get them and and, and MRI machines away from me and just like ugh. because because <laughs> so, why? Uh, I'm curious. I know be. it's diverging a bit from the topic of the uh, okay. So the whole thing with apocalypse stories and stories that are close to apocalypse stories, um, Stephen King's The Mist is another good example of this. Is it 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 is an, an unnecessary reminder for me of how awful human beings can be. Okay. I don't need that reminder. Sure. Okay, we yeah, don't need any reminders. I understand that. I don't need I don't like I, artists I'm, art and entertainment is supposed to be an escapism, easy. right? It's supposed to go somewhere it's not easy. horrible. <laughs> no, no, it can it's supposed to go somewhere it's supposed to go somewhere that is important for the artist to communicate a message. To the audience and for the audience to receive that message and snowpiercer and everything i can tell you about that movie from only having watched clips of the movie and mm-hmm. from seeing the trailer and reading the synopsis which is enough for me to say this Not sounds brilliant you. this sounds brilliant i don't ever want to see it okay yeah i was I, curious I, I, I mostly totally about whether you thought it was like yeah. a you know horse shit or whether you actually just didn't think no. it was awful so okay no, uh, that satisfies my curiosity all the stuff was in there, and I'm just like, I don't ever want to think about Snowpiercer again. Yeah, understandable. Um, I've thought about it too much. I thought about it too much today because it's just. Uh, and the director of Snowpiercer also directed Parasite, and I love Parasite. Mm-hmm. And I'm just oh, like, it's the oh same my. guy. I it's didn't the same guy. That. He's he's such a fantastic director. I love I love his his oh. way of making things work. But and all of that kind of working into this theomelas the snowpiercer and the survivor's guilt and it just and and here's here's the thing that i want to be very clear about and what would we would we call this person who put this video together what is her name um um to be honest i don't remember yeah the youtube name is bullet to bra- bullet, oh, bullet, bulletproof yeah, vibes. bulletproof vibes that's right okay yeah I thought we were calling her queen or something. No, no, the the MV Spring Day. We call this we call this song the Queen. (laughs) Okay, so Bulletproof Vibes, who put who put this together? That's the name of the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Um, Fucking did their homework, Mm -hmm. and here's the thing: this isn't an interpretation because these references are there. You you don't have to interpret. You don't have to. It's very obvious. The references are the references are fucking there. Mm -hmm. You can you can argue over what they mean. But they're fucking there, and they're horrifying when you know when you know that it's there. Mm-hmm. So this is a piece of art that, as you said, works on the level of oh, Anne and Soph were able to just kind of see this as coming of age story, and and not knowing anything about the so well fairy accent, which I knew nothing about before today. Oh, I'm sorry. I I fucking knew nothing about it. So. It's a good example of how art can still communicate in a message, even when the message is not intended. But then you get to see this, and you get to see all the work that went into it. And the real purpose of BTS starts to bubble up to the surface. Uh-huh. Because... I'm, I'm going to cry. You, <laughs> you, start to, you start to contrast... You start to contrast the very next thing we're going to talk about next in the list with this. And holy fucking mother of shit, God, this is 
as powerful as pop music gets. And that is that is really kind of an important thing to take on. So And this is on only hand, a handful could... of songs in their discography mm-hmm. that yeah. we've gone through. So on the one hand, you, you, you take you take this one song, this one music video, and you remove it completely from its context, it still communicates a pretty decent message. You put it all back into its context, into all the things it's saying, and you realize just how, how I, I mean, it's fucking, it's the fucking allegory of the cave again. It's, it's fucking. So can okay. I say something? We're never going to leave. We're never leaving chapter 10 of the, of the Republic. But, but- Go ahead. So essentially, uh, you know, as much as we like to all fangirl about how pretty they are and stuff, this is why they call Mm -hmm. it the BTS rabbit hole. Because you start off Mm -hmm. very superficial, enjoying the visuals, enjoying the sound of the music. But then when you start to really peel back the layers and figure out like all of the work and all of the soul that they have put into their art, you just keep digging and digging Mm -hmm. and and there's more and there's more. And I'm really happy that we finally kind of cracked that a little bit. Got into that. Yeah, and 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 this is again Plato's allegory of the cave. This is fucking the Republic all over again. Because last week Soph and I were talking about this, like we're talking about the shadows on the wall. Someone loosed our chains and we climbed out of the cave, adapted the sunlight, and saw, oh shit, this is not what we thought it was at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're still fucking stuck in the Republic. We might be we might be talking about South Korean boy bands in the in the twenty first century, but we're still in fifth century Athens. Preach. Welcome to welcome to my life. <laughs> um, but this is and and this is the video explainer is such a good explainer, and it is just a shame that if the rest of Bulletproof's uh, vibes. And this video has um, has a million views on it, but they only have seven thousand, uh, 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 almost eight thousand subscribers. Yeah, so, that's because unfortunately, army. Most seriously, what the on fuck? On YouTube and TikTok are more concerned with pretty edits and shipping than they are with the actual content. Well, they've gone and they've gone and watched this video one point six million times. Fucking click the subscribe button and give give bulletproof vibes some fucking. Uh, 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 money mm-hmm. because that is oh, it's their only video too. Oh, wow. is it? I think somebody yeah. just felt well, really, really passionate about it, and uh, either that or they had a def- another channel at some point, and this was the only one that was really important that they felt like re-uploading. Who knows? Um, that's one of possibly. the things I really appreciate appreciate about Army is they feel so strongly about something that they'll put so much time and effort into it that it's just got to be amazed by their One more. their creativity and their... Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, that's I okay. Just, before we moved on to another subject or another song, I just wanted to say one more little tidbit of information that wasn't in the video that I kind of want to circle back around to. You know how I said that they were taking a risk by releasing this music video and this song? Um, are you Are you guys aware of, like, the way, like, the kind of corruption that was going on besides like the ineptitude but like how they tried to kind of like sweep it under the rug and and cover up you know how bad it was and all that kind of stuff i only heard very vaguely so there was actually and this is something that we only found out years later 
in 2020, there was a guy who was um, interviewing the families of the victims for an article for the anniversary of the tragedy. And uh, here, I'll just, I'll just read something from his article real quick. Um, it's a translation, but it's... And by all means, I, I only added those extra songs in there if we f- needed to fill time. So if we want to spend the whole episode <laughs> talking about Spring Day, that's totally fine. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I'm try- uh, I did not put the guy's name in here, unfortunately. But he says, he says, quote, Last April, I was interviewing families of the victims of the Sewol Ferry sinking for the sixth anniversary of that tragedy. And this was in 2020 that he did this. And I heard them mention an unexpected name. About 200 days after the tragedy occurred in 2014, the victim's family were apparently visited by some young friends. Extremely polite, they lit incense for the victims and consoled their loved ones before heading on their way. They also donated 100 million won, that's about $91,000 U.S., to the family members. Uh, there's a, there was a charity association that had been set up um, to support them. Uh, the visitors were the K-pop group BTS, who had made their debut less than two years earlier. Bang Si Hyuk, chair of their management agency, Big Hit Entertainment, was also with them, the families told me. The families said that they felt truly grateful to BTS, who followed their convictions even at a time when the administration was drafting a cultural blacklist in connection with the tragedy and subjecting people to prejudicial treatment. End quote. So what they're saying is people were scared to talk about this. Artists in particular were being blacklisted. They were uh, being deprived of any funds that they would have been given. Uh, if they made any mention to the incident, if they criticized the administration and so on. So BTS, fledgling BTS, yeah. while they were still trying to, you know, struggling to get there, to get Big Hit off the ground... This is like less than a year yes. after, and they're still they practically debuted. broke, right? And they still donated money, yeah. and they took no cameras. They did not tell the media. We're only finding out about this later, like years and years later, because the families finally felt comfortable saying how much that they appreciated their support. And I remember when that came out, and I just like fell in love with them even more. <laughs> Because, oh yeah, God. they're idols, and, yeah, they're trying to make a statement with their art, but they're also human beings with feelings, and they did their damnedest to try to comfort these poor people who lost their children, and, you know, there a few of them who also lost their husbands or wives. Um, but, yeah, they took a risk doing this. They could They could have had their young careers cut short or, you know, further stonewalled than they already were. Um, because they were doing what they felt was right. And I thought that that was really mm-hmm. cool and really worth sharing. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> yes. No, and <sighs> that's, that's one of the things, you know, and to bring this into, um, back to, you know, more examples of this that you see, you know, you look at the career of someone like Langston Hughes, uh, who received death threats and lynchings for, his uh activities as a poet Mm -hmm. which also included you know protesting injustice and equality and he did not he did not he did not stay in the safe haven 
of Harlem, New York. He traveled to Alabama during the Scottsboro rape case. He traveled to North Carolina where they tried to to lynch him. He traveled to Cuba where he translated poems of some of of some of the artists uh, about sugar barons and they put him on a literal island and he had to wait there for three days for the u.s embassy to pick him up at a time in which the u.s the u.s government was not that keen on helping out uh, uh, not that keen on helping out uh uh uh, black men who are critical of the government Mm -hmm. they're still not keen on. no they're not keen about that at all that's a subject for another podcast you're 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 seeing you're seeing bts follow in a lot of really great footsteps and taking their inspiration from a lot of really great places and it's not just them it's also the director of the music video who's probably a lot of vision behind Mm -hmm. this i meant to look up the director of the video let me Mm -hmm. see if i can find it here we're professionals (laughs) we definitely are not because we do not get paid any money for this Um, Young Siak Choi, okay. also known as Lumpens. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, he's done a lot of stuff mm-hmm. for them, mm-hmm. for sure. Thank you, Anne. Yep, it's on the uh, YouTube page. Oh, fantastic! Oh, well, it's hard to really transition off of this in any of a really smooth manner. Is there anything that either you, Sarah, or you, Anne, wanted to say? Well. Um, in regards to spring one day. last thing from me, um, just as as an individual who has experienced um, the loss of someone very, very, very close to my heart, this music video touches me on a level that it it, it means a lot to me, and it's hard for me not to cry when I listen to it a lot of times. So. And I think, and I'm not the only person, you know, there's a lot of people that connect to it in that way. So yeah, I just, that was the biggest reason. I think all of those were pretty big reasons why I just, I had to come on here and I had to like, I had to share all of this because it was, it was super important to me. So. Well, I am so, and so incredibly grateful for you being here to, to talk about it. And it just goes to prove that you're someone who's needed on this show to keep no. me in <laughs> check and educate us about about these things so well i have fun as an army I, I every love... day still discovering things that i missed so i'm sure we'll make some of those discoveries I... together i no, love this... you and i'm glad you're here <laughs> this is just further proof that every piece of art criticism and i mean every piece of art criticism can just be footnoted under chapter 10 of plato's republic seriously I'm not it we're still we're still stuck in that and there's so much more uh uh depth that we can that we can begin to talk about so many more things that we can probably get into uh with these various things but I think that if we were to talk about any of the other songs we have here we might be doing damage to this episode I I think you may be right there are definitely um other songs that are the same, like a similar theme of um, kind of rebelling against the establishment. And we'll definitely have to do an episode where we talk about those songs um, that hit, hit on not the same kind of tragic themes, but the same sort of Yeah, ideas. they're definitely no stranger what to, were you gonna to say? songs about mental health and well-being and 
that nope, they're not. Um, no, just li- that's just hard, listen. That's already been made abundantly yeah. clear. Listen to uh, our our um, sugar episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think it would definitely be uh, worth where it. Where I practically wrote an essay, but <laughs> I think it would definitely be worth it. No, no, sorry. you're fine. I always feel bad when I overlap with somebody, so I am also sorry. But yeah, I think it would be really worth it to <laughs> to kind of just take a now that we've looked at all of the members and kind of established they are as people um, to kind of go back and look at their history as a group and the kinds of things that they have accomplished and the kind of uh, opposition that they ran into and all that kind of stuff. Um, So Anne can have an even bigger kind of scope um, of how all of this ties in. But uh, yeah. Yeah. it's it's incredibly difficult to try and transition into literally any other right. topic. Oh, how about that. them Jenkins picks? Um, how about them that Calvin Klein uh, <laughs> collaboration? I, I I did feel the need to post a few pics in our show notes of the things that have been especially devastating, not in a tragic emotional way, like a loved one, um, like a boat full of school children tragically passing away, but in a way where I questioned everything about who I thought I was. Um, as as a person who identifies um, as asexual, who is constantly confused by Tan, I definitely understand. Um, and also, oh gosh. And, and just to lift our mood a little bit. <laughs> I put those pictures in there, so I, ho- I hope you I hope you all appreciate oh, that. Um, these these have also been rotating as the background on my PC, so mm-hmm. um, I've been especially devastated by these. Um, there have been a few big things that have happened since we recorded last, just kind of in the world of Bangtan. Um, Sarah, your man Jimin, uh, released an entire yeah. album. I don't know if you wanted to say anything about oh, that. Gosh, without going on for another half an hour about feelings and loneliness and sadness and art. Oh and, God, it is. Ugh. My goodness, it is. It is kind of a really sad it really album. Is in its in a really different. Like way if you listen to it on a superficial day, level, but... it sounds like a breakup album, but it's not. It is definitely not. He made that yeah. abundantly clear. Well. Uh... That sounds like a pretty good tease and idea for the next mm-hmm. episode. Oh, it does. I, I would love to. What do, We could talk about like all of their recent album releases, just so it's not completely like lopsided, just Jimin-centric. Well, by the it's next episode... Based on what uh... you just said, <laughs> it's going to take an entire episode to talk about Jimin's album. <laughs> Maybe. All right. <laughs> well, let's not, let's not try to cram anything... Allison to the episode that doesn't fit with what we've been talking about because that was a, a pretty good conversation. Mm-hmm. We, we got plenty of episodes to talk about Jitman's album and Yoongi's album, all the things we got coming up. Um, any, any final thoughts on what we've been talking about, Anne? Uh, no, but I think this is almost a perfect podcast length episode. I think we're going to end it right around 45 minutes. Is that a record? Amazing. Nope, that's just a really good length. 
it's it's not it's not so short that people want more and it's not too long that people are like oh i can't listen to an hour and a half of ann and emily talking about how much they love wrestling so many jokes um about length uh i'm a grown-up sarah you're not are any of us any, any other i don't think so nope nope i, I, I refuse I never really asked Sarah like if she wanted to talk about anything else other than. No, well, I totally but... agree with you that that was no. a, a good conversation, and uh, it's something we could continue to converse about, but we would just be more depressed. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we certainly have plenty epi- plenty of episodes in the future to talk about all of these other th- things. And I'm so excited that Sarah's going to be joining us to talk about all of them. And they'll make. She'll make me seem much smarter because she knows. (laughs) But I am excited to to join on a more permanent (laughs) basis. And uh, hopefully I won't derail. On a completely permanent basis. Yeah. I mean, you you have no choice. I I actually have her tied up in my basement and not going to let her out except for recording the podcast. I mean, it's not really against my will. You should at least feed her. Oh, she, yeah, she's got, she's got to feed me. Otherwise I'm out. I can I can undo knots. I'm, well, I'm anyway. flexible. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody for listening to our recording today and sobbing along with us. I know Army has already had a very uh, tear-inducing week, so it may be a bit of a hard episode to listen to. So may, maybe wait, wait a, a words, wait a week or two, two to actually listen to the episode. Not editing that up. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but the show can be found if if you'd like to, um, like Sarah did, comment upon our complete ineptitude of our interpretation of no, Spring no, no, Day. No. Um, you <laughs> you can be fa- we can be found at Becoming Army Pod on Twitter or Becoming Army Podcast at gmail.com. I can be found at Lisa three three two five. Well, you can find me girding my loins in preparation for Augusty's upcoming solo album, which comes out in less than a week. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, where can people find you if they want to get in touch? I am at Magnetic Mochi on Twitter. And I'm kind of a recluse that doesn't have a lot of social media handles. So that's basically it for now. (laughs) And where can people find you? Not on fucking Twitter, because Twitter sucks. (laughs) Fuck Elon Musk. Fuck, fuck rich white straight cis uh, billionaires who are ruining the world and destroying everything. And um, everyone should leave Twitter as fast as possible. I know that's easier said than done. I've been trying for five months to find a new platform, but I'm not going to give my Twitter out. Um, I am in, going it, to talk. In short, smash the patriarchy. In short, smash the patriarchy and uh, eat the rich. Yeah. Literally, we're not talking figuratively. Like. Uh, well, there's, we there's we were talking about snow piercers. I've heard they're good so. with lemon yeah, pepper. Totally. I also like seasoning salt. Lemon pepper is, lemon pepper is always good. I'm a big fan of you know, you know, you know how you can smoke salmon by planking it on cedar oh, yeah. to get some really mm-hmm. good flavor. I just think you take a big old cedar tree and just shove it right up mm-hmm. the ridge. Mm-hmm. And then light their mansion just on fire. Shove it right up there. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> I love so, you guys. Yeah, uh, just eat eat the rich, eat the rich, eat the rich. Uh, but we are, and I'm going to do the whole Q Girls, uh, Q Girls Network uh, thing. This podcast is brought to you by the Q Girls Network, which contains not only Becoming Army, 
the show you just listened to, but it also has our show Q for Fun, which is currently still on a bit of a hiatus, although we did just recently release the episode uh, with um, Girls Gang Squad community manager Snarfungus. Uh, it was a pretty awesome episode. Snarf is one of the best people that we know, uh, which is why we wanted so badly to talk to her. And it took us four months for me to edit that fucking episode because my life has sucked for a while. Um, we also have another another podcast that is produced semi-regularly in Anne and Emily Russell podcast, which you heard mentioned here. Uh, that and Becoming Arnie have been really the only two podcasts we've been doing with any regularity for the last six months. I just looked at how desolate our feeds are for the other three shows and it's a little embarrassing but in the next couple of months we'll be bringing back anime sweater with myself and sofa shea possibly sarah joining us and we'll be bringing back uh view for fun our tv and movie podcast i didn't say what anime sweater was about but if you need to be told perhaps you have other problems <laughs> just just perhaps Fair. possibly um anywho all those shows will be able to be found on all of your uh, on all of your regular uh, podcast catching apps, whether it's Spotify or Apple or Google. So that's becoming Army, the show you just listened to, Anne and Emily Russell podcast, Q for Fun, Anime Sweater, and View for Fun. Um, and we also, as the bylaws require us to do, must shout out Wicked Kitten's horror podcast, which is called What So? Gore. 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 Exactly. Um, <laughs> Which is a great show to go listen to if you like horror, if, or if, like me, you can't watch horror, but you still find it fascinating. Or if you um, just really like Wicked Kitten and want to support everything she does, because she's awesome. Because she's, she's pretty awesome, but seriously, Gore is the best of us. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Wicked Kitten runs an amazing show, and it might sound like we're just flattering our friend. No. Gore is better produced than everything else you, you can hear because I don't edit it. Wicked edits it. So it's a much better show than what I end up making. Um, that's just the reality of the situation. But that's about it. We got more stuff in the pipeline. Um, more stuff to do. Uh, more stuff that we can do with this show. Like I've had all kinds of ideas today about... Uh, becoming army like making Dio watch the tiny desk con concert and then <gasps> immediately recording the show <laughs> amazing that sounds um, amazing it does sound amazing I haven't told her that but you know we'll have to lure her back onto this discord and <laughs> and, and have some have some conversation with her um, and also about exploring uh, other aspects of of Asian pop scene uh, as we get deeper into this, not so that we'll ever run out of BTS con uh, con content as today's episode demonstrated. We've got 45 minutes of one song. Yes. Not too bad. <laughs> but that's it for me. All right. Well, I am, after that episode, very excited for the future of our podcast. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Please look forward to our next episode. This has been Becoming Army. Becoming Army.